Michigan's Upper Peninsula is my home and Escanaba is my hometown. I'm Craig Warple. Hometown Escanaba connects with the people, activities, and newsmakers of Escanaba and the UP. Join us for more interviews at hometownescanaba.com. Now let's find out what's going on. Joanna Wilby Amos is Community Relations Coordinator for OSF Healthcare, St. Francis Hospital and Medical Group. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're taking a survey of the community to find out what their interests or needs are? Yes. Um, it's called the Community Health Needs Assessment. Um, many may have seen it already, but we do it every three years, and it sets some of our goals and priorities for the year. And really, it's looking at what needs there are for community-based health programs and services. So it helps us to um, look at things that we maybe sponsor that um, align with those needs or other organizations that rather than us going out and trying to do something on our own that we might be able to align with to better serve the community. Such as? Um, well, mental health for one. Okay. So, that, so every three years we do this survey and so we're operating out of our plan from three years ago and now we're trying to get a better sense of it. Um, my guess is that COVID probably has even exacerbated the need for more mental health support um, in this community. And so uh, what we've done in the last few years has been a part of the mental health task force and tried to find other things, um, set goals for ourselves as an organization, like bringing on more behavioral health specialists, um, but then also finding things in the community that we can help to support to further raise awareness, whether we're bringing a provider in or having a lunch and learn or um, different different initiatives. Are you talking about the task force through the ISD? Yes. Okay. Yep. So um, rather than, that's a great example of rather than us trying to just work in the community and better understand it to collaborate and then find where those pockets are, whether, you know, there's, and that task force is really impressive because it runs the gamut from, you know, elementary school to seniors and veterans and so many other things that are needed. And has breakout groups right. as well. Do right. you feel that it's making progress? Um, yes, I think like everything else, um, COVID slowed, slowed it down. Um, but they have started to gather. I know there's another meeting coming in November and, um, they've got some action items to move forward with. And that's what I meant by the breakout groups, because each group has their own thing that they work on and try to implement. Right. And so what we do from our from our standpoint is we I'm not the only representative there. So we look at each of those breakout groups and who from OSF can represent um, to work with each of those individual groups so that um, I'm not just communicating back to a variety of people that somebody who is, let's say, a behavioral health specialist could be involved with one of the groups that is that's what they need. Or um, maybe we have somebody who is um, with our ER and sees a lot of the mental health needs there that can help um, to better identify some of those needs or some of those programs. Otherwise, most of the treatment is downstate, and we've talked about that now for quite a few years. Yes. What is the barrier here to be able to provide stuff in the UP? I, it's people, I think, more than anything. Um, there, it, There's a shortage across the board, um, like many other industries, so trying to um, attract and retain services and providers um, and things like that. But that's where that, you know, so maybe it's not, well, that's an important part, the, the actual service. Um, some of the outreach that some of the other organizations do um, are other places where we can provide, sometimes it's even just education pieces, or um, maybe maybe it's just that they're doing 
a walk to raise money for their own organization and that we can help to support that. Um, so there's a variety of different ways. And and so with the health needs assessment, um, you know, beyond mental health, there's a lot of other questions that it looks at to try to identify the, ultimately the top priorities that this community needs. Looking at the survey that you have here, you're looking for the three biggest health issues in the community, such as aging issues, cancer, chronic pain, dental health, uh, diabetes, early sexual activity, heart disease, uh, the mental health that you were talking about, obesity, uh, sexual transmitted diseases, and viruses, including COVID-19. I got a feeling that one's going to be clicked a (laughs) little bit. I I have a feeling too. Uh, But those, what would you do then when you find out what those three issues might be? Then we really look at um, the resources that we have um, and what we can help to move the needle on. So we'll set our own goals internally, um, you know, that maybe it's, like I said, you know, for mental health, it was to to bring more providers in, and we do have those positions open, and we are actively recruiting for that. Um, for obesity, it may be um, outreach in the community. Um, it may may be helping with diabetes management to make sure that um, our we are we internally are referring enough patients um, to the resources that we have and making sure that we as an organization are are firing on all cylinders, if you will, and, and making sure that our patients are getting all the resources that they need. Just walkability around town would be nice. Yeah. Those kinds of focuses. Right. And that's another Biking part where... Yep. And so some of them are going in, but not connected yet. Right. And that's another opportunity where, um, you know, if as it's identified as a as a priority through this um, assessment, then where we can um, look to have somebody serve on a board uh, or things like that. So it does help to, you know, obviously there's a lot of requests made and there's only so many resources to go around. So being able to um, have the input from our community and know where our priorities um, should be and where we can put our time and talent and resources helps us. Interestingly enough, you also ask about the unhealthy behaviors (laughs) that the community might be experiencing, such as anger, alcohol abuse, child abuse, domestic violence, drug abuse, uh, both illegal drugs and legal drugs, lack of exercise, which you just were referring to, poor eating habits, risky sexual behavior, and smoking or even vaping. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you target those, is that the same as what the other needs might be as far as community programming? Um, And awareness. So vaping is a new one um, from that wasn't really on the survey, I don't think, three years ago. I wasn't here, but in comparing them, um, it wasn't as much of an issue. But interestingly, in some of the groups that I've been out to to take the survey to, um, the vaping conversation has been across the board in terms of it's while it's something that young people you tend to associate with young people there as a community um i've heard just a great concern from a lot of parents and grandparents and things like that about um just awareness and education for the dangers of it how did it end up on the list then do you have another committee that kind of decides what the priorities might be then asking the community to narrow it down right and looking at um kind of those current trends and and you know that we don't do the same survey every three years that we're looking at what has come about in those three years um so that we are you know like i said like vaping wasn't a thing but now it's become a much bigger issue all right some of the other issues that you might be searching for in the survey um well i our you know our priorities that came out of it last time were focused around aging mental health and um, obesity and active lifestyle so um it's really 
most I'm most curious just to know what our community, you know, collectively mm-hmm. says those needs are. Um, there is something about childcare. I know um, childcare is a challenge in many communities, and we're not exempt to that either. That there have more been, so now with COVID nineteen, right? Exactly. So, um, you know, that it really. It takes about, I think if you go online, it'll tell you it'll take about 12 minutes. I think it really takes probably about seven to complete the survey. Um, It's anonymous, obviously, and um, we collect all of it here. We're trying to get all of our answers in by October 22nd, um, and then the data gets collected and sorted and all of those pieces, and then it'll come back to us to look at and review, and um, we'll bring a group of stakeholders in to help us identify what those priorities are. How do you feel that you did in response to the one three years ago? Were there programs that were established because of it? Yes, there were. Um, have they been successful? Yes, many have. Many have not seen, haven't run the full way through because of COVID. I mean, it's just kind of <laughs> that broken record, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, yes. you're saying three years ago, we're going on year two with this. Right, so. exactly. So there mm-hmm. were some things that just really didn't quite get off the ground. Um, but for example, we um, partnered with uh, the Delta Delta County tra- non-motorized trail network, um, and they have a youth program through the 906 Adventure Club team um, to get kids out on mountain bikes. Well, part of what we were able to do is look at, yes, we want to support this, but what can we do besides just providing money to, to organizations? So we were able to become kind of their snack sponsor and come up with um, healthy snacks that are good options for out on the trail and things like that. And then they worked with Bobaloons to to use our recipes and our guidance from our dietitian to come up with options for the kids so that they every week they had a healthy snack that they enjoyed and also kind of had some ideas of things that would fuel them if they're out there doing that on their own and trying to, you know, help families know what those choices are too. I have a scout group and I will bring apples. They don't get eaten very often. <laughs> but you know, when you're out on the trail and you only have that option, it changes things. And then kids are a little more willing to try things. And um, they had some fun fruit kebabs and some yogurt dip and some things like that. And and then, you know, just being able to replicate that. You said you wanted the survey done yet this month. Yes. And um, then the, what will happen after that? Then we will collect, uh, we have a consultant that works with us to kind okay. of sort the data, scrub the data, all of those pieces and then we will see um we won't really probably get all of it back until in into the new year um and then we will look at the um, The results the results and then we'll bring in a group of stakeholders from different organizations that help to get the survey filled um and completed and to talk about what those priorities are well hopefully you'll come back and talk with us about the results that would be great yes well we're not only dealing with covid we're dealing with this year the flu after surprisingly not dealing with it last year. Right. But it's become an issue this year. It is. It's starting to, to creep in to communities. Um, and really, it's just to be prepared um, and try. You know, people are hospitalized annually from side effects of the flu. And so we're trying to, you know, keep people healthy and unnecessary hospitalizations and things like that. And one of the ways to do that is with a drive through flu clinic. Yes, a flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu. Um, and we are having a clinic this coming Saturday. It'll be held beginning at 9 a.m. over at the, now is this the COVID-19 drive through It is. Is it so, become a fixture at the hospital now? <laughs> yeah, it's not going anywhere, unfortunately, anytime soon. It's the so, tent out in the back Yes, it's, um, it's kind of, we call it kind of a barn. It's kind of a, a shed, if you will. But um, it is, you know, it's covered. It, it keeps people dry, especially for our mission partners as the weather turns, um, which is, you know, they appreciate. So, yeah, we will be, if you've, 
done any drive through COVID testing, you may already know where it is. Um, but if you go around the back of the hospital, past the ER, um, that's our medical office building, and it's in that parking lot. And it says OSF drive through Testing Center. There'll be all kinds of arrows and people directing the flow of traffic and things like that. But um, you, if you are 19 and above, um, it's open to anyone from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can drive through and get your flu shot right there. There's a couple of things they do need to bring with them. They do. Um, we asked to bring a driver's license or a valid ID, uh, an insurance card. And if you can bring a pen and a hard surface to write on, um, there is a paperwork that you have to fill out. Nothing complicated, just a waiver. Um, okay. And it helps to be able to do that while you're in your car. An insurance card. So there is cost to this? Um it varies based on insurance. Um, if you're, many insurance companies cover the flu vaccine, but they will bill insurance. All right. If you don't have an insurance card, then this isn't the option for you? I'm not sure. Um, I know there is a Medicare um, form to fill out as well. So, um, and I don't, But I don't think there's a cash option with this. So you may want to mm-hmm. look at a local pharmacy or contact the health department for an option for that. If you have the COVID vaccine, that doesn't cover the flu. It does not, no. I wonder um, if people know that. Yeah, and the CDC is saying that you can get them together at the same time. Um, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I guess it's six of one, half dozen of another if you're going to feel kind of crummy from an immune response for a day. I just meant the needle <laughs> twice. <laughs> Two arms, for sure. But um, but no, so we, we did this last year, too. Um, when we did it last year, it was in a different location. So this is around the back of the hospital. You'll look for signs, and there's blue arrows that will be directing everyone um, between 9 and 1 on Saturday. I'm going to assume the, the COVID then testing that usually goes on at that tent. We don't do it on Saturday. So yeah, so we do um, COVID testing, right. COVID testing is um, eight to 11 Monday through Friday. And then um, I don't know if people are looking for COVID booster shots. We early on did um, a lot of helping the health department vaccinate um, early through clinics and things like that. At this point, the health department's really leading the charge with the booster shots um, in the community you can also get them from the local pharmacies. And then um, if, you are, if you are a patient at OSF, you can just contact your provider if you want one. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This is the time where you want to encourage women to check themselves and maybe even have a mammogram. Yep. If they're and not on a regular schedule for it. Right, exactly. So that's really, you know, there's not a best time to get a mammogram. Whenever you should get your annual screening is the best time to do it. But um you know, much like many other things um, throughout COVID, people put things off. And so we really try to use October to remind people that if you're overdue, it's a great time um, to schedule it. And it's never been easier for with us. Um, you can go to osfstfrancis.org slash mammo, and you can schedule right online to make your appointment. A couple of years ago now, maybe a few years ago, you got some new equipment too that was state of the art. Yes, at the time. we have a 3D mammography machine, um, which is, is really kind of the standard now, but um, we've had it. And it's we have many openings and appointments and just having that self-scheduling is a little mm-hmm. bit easier um, and quicker. And we've heard from a lot of patients that they really like it. How big a problem is this in our community or is the testing staved a lot of it? Well, early detection it makes a huge difference um, with breast cancer and any other cancer. Um, the thing with breast cancer is it is after skin cancer, the most common cancer in women. So um you know, it's, it's important. It then. is important. It really is. And we, the other thing, if you go by the hospital um, or our other facilities, um, 
when it's when it's dark out, you'll see that we have some pink lights up. And it's just kind of, again, to serve as that reminder and also as that community support because we know there's people right now that are out there battling breast cancer. They can get more information on this at? Um, OSFStFrancis.org slash MAMMO, M-A-M-M-O. Very good. Anything else we want to know about this month? I'm um, sure that I'll be talking to some other people about uh, this issue through the month. Yeah, I don't think so. I, the one thing I'll mention is for the survey, it's osfstfrancis.org slash survey if you want to take the survey online. It's on our Facebook page as well, um, but it's really quick and easy to do it that way. Joanna Wilby-Amos is Community Relations Coordinator with OSF Healthcare, St. Francis Hospital and Medical Group. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our sponsor, SwedishPimple.com. Check out all of the fishing lures made right here in the Upper Peninsula at SwedishPimple.com. You can continue to follow us at HometownEscanaba.com. We connect with the people, activities, and newsmakers from Escanaba and Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Music